tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Welcome back to our part two sit down with the one, the only Jay Rodriguez. And if you haven't heard part one, check it out. Talk about the early days of Bravo, how he got the job at Queer Eye. Really, it's a great story. The original Queer Eye, the OGs, Carson, we go old school. We talk about his coming of age in New York. And we talk about a lot of other things. Lily Tomlin, Malibu Country. Hello, Heather Dubrow. Let's not forget she was part of that. And we continue. We're going to talk about it all now. We're talking about Housewives, Scandival, Jay's, all his other parts. We have so much to cover. Love this almost two-hour chat. And now stay tuned for part two of our chat with the one, the only, Jay Rodriguez. And by the way, part one was last week. Check it out if you haven't listened to it. And now, enjoy. And, um, you know, so I've had to kind of weasel my way into things. And I think now I'm so thankful to have, like, a resume where you need to see me play a womanizing cop, I got that. You know, you need to play a fabulous gay, I got that. Murderer, got that. You know, straight bro, gamer, I got that. Like, I have it already. So if people want to come at me and say, you can't, I'd be like, but I did. You did. Were you ever close? Like you said, you knew you had all these pilots and they were, were you ever close to like a part that we all know? Yes. You know, and I don't know if I'm allowed to, are we allowed to say? Yeah, it's years later. <sighs> I feel like, okay, um, so there's something called getting pinned. It basically means, like, there might be an offer out to another person, um, but, you know, if that person says no, then, you know, it, it may go your way. And I definitely got pinned for, you know, shows that might have been in outer space, 
Um, I definitely have come close. Oh, I have a good audition about like this what is, shows in outer space. I'm not going to say because the person who got it, like I love them, but and they did a great job. I could never touch their their amazing. I can't picture but any show in outer space. You, the audience knows. Um, anyway, but let me go into this one because this is wild. Let's I come to it. LA and Modern Family is brand new, and the casting director is so excited to bring me in for this role to play um, uh, Cam. And now I just come off Queer Eye. Just come off playing a non-binary character in Xana Don't. Just come off playing a drag queen. So eight years of LGBTQIA stuff, and here's a gay role. Jay comes to L.A. with a chip on his shoulder. He thinks being queer is going to be his detriment, so he is adamant that he's not going to be playing roles that are stereotype, flaming, fabulous, you name it. I was not about to do it. So I, in my not-so-infinite wisdom, went into an audition for Cam, for Modern Family. Now, the show wasn't out, so clearly I'm going into audition for this. And I decided to play him Butch. So not at all what they were looking for. And I'm three lines in and I'm auditioning here and y'all can't see this behind the camera, but there's a couch over there. The producers are sitting there. Okay. And the casting director is sitting where you are. And I'm doing a scene with him and there's a camera here shooting me. And I see them looking at me. I'm three lines in. And then they just look down and they zoned out. I was not funny. I was too defined. Like had I known that Sofia Vegada was in the show, I would have made him Latin and fabulous as if the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and Mitch wanted what his dad had too, but the male version. Missed opportunity, but, um, but you know, I think he, he played Cam beautifully and, and, and hilariously. I could not touch that performance. But um, there's a lot of roles like that. I will tell you, many actors who audition as much as we all do, you'll be like doing your business, like washing dishes, you got a TV show on, you're like, those lines sound for, oh, I went in for that, you know? Well, that is single all whole... the way, single all the way. That Michael Yuri holiday movie. Yeah, I called. I think two callbacks for that. Um, didn't get. It was to play his love interest. Not number one on the call sheet. We're not there yet. But we still got to play the boyfriend. Like <laughs> Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Sophia, he wants what the fuck that. I thought been. that would see. I didn't know that she was on the show. But but you know, with Malibu Country, let's go back to that. The role was written more urban hip hop, kind of like reggaeton guy, like more street. And I was like, why they call me at four forty five on a Friday afternoon in the valley? Like they're wasting my time. I'm not in my mind inner saboteur. Not I can't play that. But I thought they'll never see me as that. So in the car on the drive over, I was like, can I curse? Yeah. I was like, fuck that. So I decided he was going to be Puerto Rican gay from New York City from the Boogie Down Bronx. And he was going to be able to cut you with his words and maybe a knife. And that was not how it was written. So I went in and auditioned, made him fabulous. Casting director was like, yeah, give us Angel. Give us like, and I was like, okay. They bring the producers in and the writer and they're crying. And I'm like, I had to change some of the words to make it work. They're like, we don't care. This is amazing. Had a chemistry test with Reba. She's crying. And, but I still had to screen test. And, you know, it's four guys go in for the studio. Then two get cut and two of you go in for network. And then you wait and find out if you got the part. But that was a, a testament in making something your own when you're encouraged to do so. Where they're like, no, no, no. Like, I've gone in for, this will blow your mind. I've gone in for major motion pictures and TV shows where it's like a, a cartel drug lord. And I'm like, in one world. Like, happy to do it, can do it. But in my, my old thinking, in that office with that agent, I'm still thinking they ain't going to let me. Not realizing I've grown as a human, as an actor, all these things, and I'm capable of doing it. So I'll go in, I'll play like the, 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 the strongest, like, you know, most um, frightening Latin version that can come out of me, uh, drug lord. And I've had times in auditions with the director 
who's like, that's great. Can we do another pass? And all these men with guns around you, you fuck them all. You fuck them all. They all will blow you. It doesn't matter. Like you own everything and your sexuality doesn't need to be heterosexual. And I was like, that's fascinating. That's more interesting. And I didn't even think that this archetype or this stereotype, because I was always going out for drug dealer, criminal, drag queen, like, you know, Latin lover. I, it never dawned on me that some of the roles I was being seen for, that they were like, yeah, you, you could play him straight. That's fine. But also, there's no reference of him being straight. What would it look like if you came in and he just happens to be queer? It's a non-issue. But I'm sure there's queer people in the criminal crime yeah. world. Why can't we color it that way, too, if you're playing the role? And I was like, listen, I don't think Meryl Streep, who I share a birthday with, wakes up every morning thinking, I need to play a lesbian to prove that I'm a legitimate actor. Back in the day, people were like, are you scared of being typecast? I'm like, what does that even mean? Are you telling me that I can only be a legitimate actor if I only play straight roles? Now, with the kind of queer roles being written, having such depth and being able to do so much more, I don't care if the character is queer. I don't I, I don't really consider their sexuality. Also, let's be honest. I'm not in a place where I'm like getting stacks of scripts and like not going to do that one. You know, um, you kind of you know, I was watching an interview with Sarah Paulson today and she was like, I didn't get to pick some of my earlier work. She's like, you just you just want to work. And so you take the job and you're like. Oh God, I gotta make something good out of this, or like oh, I don't love what this might. I'm gonna try to tweak here, and you know, but you don't really have a lot of options. Was there ever a time where you thought you had a lot of options and you passed something up? Like I, I thought with oh. your, I thought with your Modern Family story, you were gonna say that you didn't want to be it. typecast, and you said I didn't even go in, what and that I was I, gonna say, well, that should keep you up, up at night. I mean, I'm sure I did. Oh, I mean, I ended up doing it, but I passed up the producers a bunch of times. Uh, Carmen Gia. It was during Queer Eye, and I was like, I do not want to play like this fabulous director's assistant in this musical never saw it just saw clips and then I went to go see it and I was like oh wait I actually do want to do it but I passed on it for like a year and then I went and did it for a month on Broadway after having done the movie in a smaller role and it was such a it was such a profound experience because Rent was a Broadway show that felt more like a rock concert producers felt like very moving sets and a full orchestra and I was like this feels like you know, Broadway, you yeah. know, and so I'm glad I had that experience. But I'm sure when I leave here, I'm going to think of litany of other things that I passed on that ended up being big deal. I did get asked to do Naked Boys singing, and I passed that over to David Hernandez for him to open the Vegas version. And they were like, you know, it is full frontal, blah, blah, but it's going to be very tastefully done. And I was like, mm, I'm kind of okay. You're like, I'm not sure how that's going to work. At that point, just starting OnlyFans, you know, at that point, you know. Were you almost Zachary Quinto's role, Doctor Spock in Star no, Trek? No, we were getting yeah. warmer. Man, you know my 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 space my space knowledge isn't really. I was there. just pinned. I'm sure they That's could have pinned still... like five or six people, but I get that a lot. You get pinned a lot, and I've I've told other actors, I'm like, don't don't like you know plan your future off a pin. Um, you know, if you you really never know. But I I auditioned for in Bros to play Billy Eichner's love interest. You know, I, I went in for the Luke McFarlane CrossFit guy and I was like, there, I told my agent, I'm like, there is no way in hell. But my agents always say, you're not auditioning for the part. You're not even necessarily auditioning for this project. You're auditioning for everyone that sees that tape. And I was like, oh, sure enough, I auditioned on a 
December. They came back in July and said, hey, you came in for us. Can you audition for the brother role? And I was like, I don't even remember the movie, but are you sure? I'll go in for it. Two months, I didn't even think about it. Two months later, I get the call. I had to pull over and I wept in my car because that damn agent's voice again came in my hair, basically telling me I'd never play straight or whatever, all these other things. And I remember that moment. I mean, I have video of me like weeping in my car because I didn't realize how tightly I had held on to that narrative and how many times I probably walked into rooms wearing that and other people felt that. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Now here's the thing. You guys know I spend the summer in the Hamptons, but what you don't know is it's very stressful when you have a Hamptons house. Every single week and weekend is planned out with guests. So this past weekend, my friend Esther is here with her daughter, Suzanne. Now Suzanne is complaining that she's dizzy after going in the pool and she was on this raft and she was being spun around. I'm like, you know what? I actually can help. And that is when I took my very own relief fan off and gave it to Suzanne. But I explained to her, this really is a true story, you guys, that it's the number one FDA approved anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness. You guys know I have that anxiety, migraines, hangovers. That night, we went out to dinner. No, we didn't see any real housewives. Not this early in the season, guys. And Suzanne, she felt better. I mean, the thing is, I'm thinking about it. If you always have like a flashlight on hand for a blackout or a first aid kit on hand for emergencies, shouldn't I and all of you have a relief band for those unexpected nausea moments? Right now, I have an exclusive offer for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code VELVET, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. You know, like I, that shame, that, that story that I had in some way tried to say that, oh, that's not true, but I had held on to it so tightly that I'm sure I probably projected that into scenarios. Um, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Everyone probably has some version of some story someone told you that you need to let go of that you think you may have, but you actually haven't. Yes and yes. I mean, so has bros like opened your eyes like, hey, I mean, you know, you could play a straight bro because you were the bro can in bros. You, can I tell you the funniest story? And what was story? it like to play straight? I had hooked up with this guy. Good looking guy with great sex, you know, kind of like lightly datey kind of vibes. It's like, so, you know, he knows I'm an actor, but he doesn't really know much. Um, he's like, so have I seen you or anything? And I was like, have you seen bros? He's like, yeah, we've already had sex. And I was like, I play Luke McFarlane's brother in it, the gamer bro. He's like, oh my God, no idea. So so for a lot of people, 
I've had to tell them that, you know, because how I present isn't my role. But who you saw in that movie was high school me. Like, that's very Long Island, New York City cab me. You know what I mean? Like, very, uh, that's a part of me. It's a color of me. That me comes, oh, I went with 20 friends, 20 gay friends to go see bros here in L.A. And at the end of the movie, they were like, one of their boyfriends, who I did not know very well, said, oh, my God, but your voice and all that. And his boyfriend turned, he's like, that's just his sex voice. And it's true because I think there's these primal moments when I used to drink, like if I was drunk, talking to family or sex voice are all Jason. Like they're all literally Jason. That is, I did not know that, but four of them, because four out of 20, if you sleep with four out of 20 friends, that's, that's fine. I mean, um, but, the, but West they all like agreed and died laughing. And I was like, how funny? Because I think I'd been told that before, but I think it's just when you... Get to your most primal state, whatever comes out, comes out. But apparently yeah. that was my Jason voice. But what was interesting was I was doing bros. I got a call to audition for the Neil Patrick Uncoupled yeah. series, one episode on my two days off from bros. And I thought, great, I'll shoot that. I audition, I get it. Turns into three episodes. Um, and it, But it was funny because it was going from like Jason to like Jonathan, wildly different, rich, gay, you know, hanging with the, you know, the cis white rich gays, which is not my normal life. Like I'm not a Soho house uh, gay. And, and and it was fun to portray that. And I know a lot of people had strong feelings about it, but um, I, I enjoyed it because, you know, we do have such a, um, a lack of representation. And I know season one, it was very strongly focused as it needed to be around Neil Patrick Herrick's character. You have to set up the show. It's Sex and City. It's Carrie's storyline, right? In my mind, yeah. that's what it is. I don't know this for sure. And now that it's moving to Showtime, um, I don't know if I'm going to be part of season two. But now that it's moving to Showtime, I'm curious to see what direction Showtime sees the show going in. It's a little more skin you can show on Showtime. Um and I'm curious to have some of the other character storylines unravel, specifically Emerson Brooks' character. Um, he's a black weatherman on the show. Um, yeah. fab- fabulous human being, incredible actor, but also body of do- – like, his body is insane. Yes. And I'm like, can we get him naked more? Can we I- – well, I mean, it's Showtime. Listen, we've had like the L word, you yeah. know, the original. Like, and he's down, by the way. I, I just had dinner with him right. recently and he was like, oh, no, I'm kill-. He's like, I want to be give me all the sex scenes um, because he's like he plays like the the hoe friend. And we didn't see him hoe. I think on Showtime we will see him hoe if I mean, people want to know where season two is. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm I, sure you want to know, yeah, too. So and if you're of course, I of called when I found out that was happening and my agent called casting and how it works, which I did not know in case you're curious. Um, when a show gets picked up and you are a recurring guest star, I'm not series regular. I'm not promised any future episodes. But what happens is casting will get a script and they'll know what to cast. And if my my character appears, they'll notify us, say, hey, you're being used in this episode. Um, But rumors are, um, the rumor was when we were shooting season one that they wanted to do Hot Boy Summer for season two, meaning like Hamptons, Fire Island, or Pride. I don't know. That was the rumor. No one official said that. But the other rumor, my friend who works in production, he's like, I'm hearing rumblings about production starting in the summer in New York. I'm like, that tracks with what I heard. But again, I don't know. I would love to be a part of it again. Um, You know, it's a half hour show that has to continue to focus around the core cash, Tisha uh, Tisha Brooks, Emerson and Neil. Um, But as sort of, you know, peripheral friends, um, I would love to still be a part of it because I I, first of all, A, for the Latino representation, um, but B, the guy who plays my partner 
he and I did Rent together. Like, yeah. it's wild 20 years later that he would be playing my, my husband, you know? Well, I think, right, like, Hot Boy Summer, I'm I'm a Hamptons girl. You know, you're mm-hmm. a wealthy gay in this. I think you'll, maybe you'll be in Fire Island. I'm like, what I do we do for a living? In the Hamptons. Darren didn't know. I was, he's like, season two, we'll figure it out. But I'm like, what do we do with it? We have a two-story house that we rent, which is established in the show. But we have a baby, which is expensive. Yeah. You know, I'm curious. Like, we can't figure it out. I'm like, do I? What do I do? I'd love it for it to be something nefarious. Like, he has, he's top 1% on OnlyFans. Like, I want it to be something current and bizarre i don't want to be like like a banker or something like i want it to be something out of the box i'm liking top one percent on OnlyFans. you can darren are you listening you're probably not but if you are what was it like i mean listen i'm a melrose place person but sex in the city emily in paris like what was it like working with darren star so i've known neil patrick harris through the rent universe we all kind of oddly connected and i've been i moons ago i was at him and david's house years ago for an event and then he directed Rent at the Hollywood Bowl, so I went to his house for the after party. So we, we know of each other, but we didn't know each other very well. I also did How I Met Your Mother um, and played his brother-in-law in that. I mean, very small. Nothing to do, really, but in two episodes, it was really fun. That being said, he's the star and executive producer, just yeah. like Billy. So you don't really get to hang out in the same way behind the scenes because they are getting pulled in every direction because people kind of keep asking them shit. Like, so they're like not just another cast member, but couldn't have been more kind and gracious. He's really big on like, you know, magic and escape room. So we had this game backstage, uh, you know, when we were shooting my wedding and we try to get out of this escape room board game thing, which was really kind and generous, but it also as an actor, wanted all of us to shine, you know, and and people don't know, but like in the final episode where I get married, we did a whole, a whole wedding, sit like vows, none of that made the thing, but like walked down the aisle to music, it wasn't quiet, like it felt re- like I don't need to get married after this. I felt like I walked out of there, I was like, I was married now, like wow. I really did feel married, um, but super generous and kind, and it was the first that I've been on in a long time, no attitude, it was everyone's the same, Everyone respected each other's talent and wanted to see each other shine. That's why I want to go back. Obviously, anything Darren Star and, you know, with Neil as producer and talent, of course I want to be a part of it. I'm an actor. I want to work. I want to be able to tell stories. But having also been, you know, out in media for this long, it feels like shows like this are the moment I've I've been waiting for. And even as a supporting guest star um, for a couple episodes, you know, every every queer person of color who gets an opportunity wants to hold on to it, of course, you know. Do you remember working with Heather Dubrow at all on Malibu? So Country? she did an episode I wasn't on, but no. we did I know, but we did get to like chit chat and stuff. And that became such drama because it also fell at the 10 year queer eye anniversary. Cause we did a one hour special with Andy Cohen and he brought that up. And the produ- the casting directors, when that was happening, they were like, it was always Heather. Like, I don't know who made up these other stories, but like what happens is sometimes people have agents or teams that are not like scripted agents or teams. And so they'll hear words like pinned, like I said earlier, or on hold and think that's an offer. Heather was an established actor way before all this. She had the chops. She came in, killed her audition, and got offered the part. If she had said no, I'm sure they probably pinned some other people just in case. You have to have a, a backup plan. 
But it was always her. And casting was like, no, it's always her. She was an actor. It was no big deal. And so it was fascinating when that drama came up because I was because people still talk about it and ask me about it. I'm like, first of all, I don't watch The Housewives only because like you don't. I, I fast forward through drama like I can't handle it. And so I can't watch that show without having to fast forward every two seconds because I get anxiety. Um, but so many of the ladies have been. Let me say this. Look, I'm vintage Bravo. I'm Bravo from two decades ago. Yeah. And so many of these women on that show have gotten to create lives for themselves that are have financial equity in, in the art form that is the kind of reality that they are knowingly signing up for. The problem is if you don't understand the underbelly and the mechanics of the fantasy you're creating for a viewer to believe is full reality, there are some negative things that come with it. And I it pains me to see a lot of the heartbreak and 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 things that come out of shows like that. But if you go in with eyes wide open and try to keep your integrity intact while also understand it's entertainment and you're playing a part. The minute I that's why I never do reality like that because you are giving of your personal life to become a template for a storyline without creative control on how that story is told. And I don't know the rules of like what they can say and what they can't say, but I'm 100% sure what we see isn't the full picture. And lives can get destroyed. At the same time, some of their lives end up being in really nice houses, you know, and their kids get sent to college with that coin. So I don't know. Some of them have come out looking squeaky clean and some of them have, feel like, oh, my God, that ruined my life. Yeah, I agree with all that. But don't you think, though, because I always say, like, if I got a reality show like that, I would come out not necessarily clean, but I would never, because I know how it works, too. Yeah. So wouldn't you, like, you could go in knowing. I could never do Big Brother. I w- I'm too nice. Couldn't. I'm too I'm too nice. I don't want to be conniving. I think I, 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 think I have no poker game, face. Though. I know. Thank God they've never asked. But there's shows that I do want to do, like Mass Singer or Dancing with the Stars. Um, you know, they're really... Very hard to get on. I'll be honest. Like, you have to be so relevant. And I hate using that word because I always say, like, I already feel like I've kind of legitimized myself in the industry. And I'm just thankful to be a working actor. I don't need to be a famous actor for me. Although I realize if I get a show that's very high profile and you have a lot of visibility, it opens doors to some of the bigger projects. Um, But I don't think I would ever do something like I'm a celebrity, get me out. Any of the shows that are setting you up to kind of or like Love Island or there was there was a show rumored to be like a bunch of celebrities on an island dating. And I was like, is it a straight show? And they're like, yeah, there'll be a couple gays. I'm like, yeah, I probably know them. If they're probably, celebrity, and then we probably, probably like our friends or like, you know what I mean? Yes. I couldn't fake a love story for camera. Well, I, I actually interview all the people as they're voted off or as they're sent oh, home okay, on The yeah. Mass Singer. Yeah. You would be great for The Mass Singer. I, think, I mean, now that you're saying that, I I'm remember putting when two I, two together. I think when I, I want to be on Dance with the Stars, we sent them, my team sent them an email and they're like, well, what has he been up to? And they're like, he's literally on your number one new comedy right now, Malibu Country. And they're like, oh. So, you know, you need to have a good big story. And Dancing with the Stars is hard. Listen, maybe if 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 I get a summer movie and maybe uncoupled, I can be like, hey, I got these two things. Um, but yeah, it's tricky. You know, I, I it's so hard to say. I do, you know, look, all of us have fantasies about who we get to work with. But people like John Leguizamo have been re- sounding the alarm about the lack of um, 
Latin leads in Hollywood for a long time. And of course, I would love to do something with like Eva Longoria. Um, she's got a production company, JLo, John yeah. Leguizamo. I'd love to work with Rosie Perez again. I mean, there's so many incredible Latin talents. Even George Lopez got a, a show now, and I would love to be able to do stuff like that. And here's why I say it. I had something first in my career happen um, last year. It just aired in January. I did Fantasy Island. And it's a scripted show, yeah. harkening back to the 80s version. And I played a guy going to a bachelor party with two friends. And I don't know who they are, but I get there to set, and I see there are two Latin guys. First time in my entire career that I ever got to work with other Latin actors as friends. Because normally, we were all sharing, we're the token Latin in the friend group. And it's not uncommon for a group of white friends, maybe even a group of black friends, but like for Latinos, like it's very rare that we could you know, be seen that way. So like That's part true. of me wants to um, to do a Latin family show, you know? Um, I, I, yeah, we'll see what comes down the pipeline, but at this age, now it's time to create original content. And I'm really inspired by people like Billy Eichner and Joel Kim, who said, no, I got a story to tell. I'm gonna tell it my way. Um, and, and I feel like the next wave and chapter is um, for more, you know, Latin queer stories um, where maybe the, I don't need my queerness to be the central storyline, but I, I, I'm ready for that next chapter of visibility because our stories are so underrepresented for as many of us as there are. I, I would agree with that. What about since we are sitting here in this studio in WeHo, did you watch Real Friends of WeHo? I didn't go near it. Um at all because I know some people on there and I feel like going back to Housewives, it's really hard for me to watch people um, maybe at their worst moments being, I didn't want that to tarnish my view of them. But also I understand you get that check and I'm sure how it's pitched to people. I I don't know for certain. I was pitched something like this. I was gonna say, and I wonder. I, I could have been. There was this woman who works on Drag Race who I think approached me about this, a group of successful gay friends in, in WeHo, and immediately no, because you use your real life and they'll allow people to criticize it. And a show like that, if it's meant to be like Housewives, it's expected to have juicy conflict. And, you know, there's people on there that I, that I you know, like James has been a longtime friend that I adore. I wouldn't want to fake something like that. And... And I just um, so I, I just don't watch that kind of content because it makes me anxious. Um, and also, I wouldn't have been a good cast member because I am constantly diffusing fires and there would need to be some accelerant cast members that would amplify those fires. And I just I, I'm not that guy. So I didn't watch it. But um, I was at Drag Race in WeHo the first uh, time the trailer was played. And the booming booing was very indicative of an audience of regulars that did not recognize the people on camera as their peers in that space. So I'm going to include myself as someone of privilege because of, you know, so you have these privileged cast. I can include myself in that thing because not about finances, but visibility and right. something successful. But I think there's, the, I think what the people in, the room felt like we are the real friends of WeHo. Like we don't even know some of these people personally. We don't see them in our spaces often. We don't see them as active members of our community. Some of them may be, but they're so such in the upper echelon that 
I think there was a disconnect. And I feel like, you know, for me, I was just in Palm Springs and I was like, I would have probably watched it if it was a group of unknown seniors in WeHo um, going through some of the same life issues and how we meter success shouldn't always be about how holiday ho- Hollywood validates success. Um, and I, and I, you know, so many of those guys on those shows, I was a fan of the TikTok star. I used to follow him. I don't know if I still, I don't, I haven't seen him come up in a while. Um, but he's really funny. James is so kind and lovely. Um, Todrick, you know, full of scandal, but a great performer. Um, I don't know some of the other people. Oh, a Curtis, great actor, big heart, kind guy. Um, I didn't know the, the other, the beauty guy, um, was fantastic scene like but i was like i don't want to see and brad he seems lovely but again super successful um well husband that's really successful too right so so i don't know i i I was trying to guess and i was asking people and i think they just felt like they didn't seem like one of us was their response um and i think i you know sometimes I'll say gay men like to see women of privilege, but have a hard time. Maybe it's inner homophobia of what I seeing that reflected in in queerness, and and maybe we don't like to see each other bicker, gay men. I don't I don't know where that boils down to, or why there was such a visceral response to the show. But I knew that there were people on the show that you know were offered this great opportunity, and I know what that's like to get something. You're like, oh god, a job and visibility and. And I'm sure, you know, like, first of it, all these terms are probably thrown at them and they thought it was going to be better received. And it never feels good to be a part of something. Listen, bros, uncouple, both got negative feedback by certain aspects of the community while others loved it. So I understand personally what that's like. Um, but it's just not a medium that I can comfortably watch without being like, oh, my God, don't fight. You know, <laughs> when M- this MTV person called you, what did she say? Just a group she just of six. DM'd, I mean, that she, sounds she, like this I, show. Yeah, I don't. I, I was looking for the message. I think it was basically like and it could there was a couple of shows like this pitched. But um, so I don't want to say that I was up for this one specifically, but it was about a, a group of successful. And it was a real. And I was like, no, anything docu following me around, having to pretend that my life is more fabulous than it is. You know, from the little I seen of those shows, I don't have that lifestyle. I don't have the Brad lifestyle. I'm not, you know, hosting New Year's Eve like James is. I'm not touring big spaces like Todrick Hall is. I don't have a successful skincare line. If anything, I would probably be on par with Curtis's journey because we're both out uh, actors in Hollywood. But, um, you know, I, I just I think I would have been too like. To, to yeah, I wouldn't want to have done that, and I, and I, and it's not shade to them. It's just I don't even watch Housewives, so how could I watch the gay equivalent? Are you shocked at where Bravo is? You know, like it was a little network that could that really queer eye started, other than I inside think, the actress studio. You know, look, I think Andy Cohen has had a, a really um, fascinating eye for projecting what the future would look like. Queer Eye set up the the network to be a show that highlights different tenets of aspirational living. And then they went into the Housewives franchise. That exploded for them. Um, You know, a part of me wants to be on another Bravo show, but in the way that we were, where it's a kind, you know, thing and funny and exciting in its own way. um, Because I just... I feel like that would be like a homecoming to do something with Bravo and maybe they'll do something with the original OGs. We don't want to repeat Queer Eye, but we'd love to work together again. But um, I'm not surprised that it became, they found their brand, they found their voice. Um, And, you know, they have great content that isn't about table flipping and weave pulling, so. 
They do. Are you? Yeah, they do. Are you guys going to do anything for the anniversary? We have not been asked or approached. And it took a number of years to get us all on the same page to be like, yeah, I would love to do something. And now we're all there. And there isn't anyone like drumming the bell. So maybe the 25th anniversary at the wait five years. Um, But I know we all want to do something together again. Um, You know, so we'll see. I mean, at this point, I think it's probably better to just allow um, the the new queer eye to continue to do that, obviously, in the in the most the the way that they do, which is phenomenal. It reaches so many around the world. Um, I don't think we want to do that again. But I think we all want to do something together again. Why did it take so long? Just like typecasting. I mean, everyone has other things that they want to be known for. Yeah, I think, well, Ted has, you know, chopped. And yeah. I, I think that contract's pretty firm, not letting him do anything in the food space anywhere else. But I think um, he's paid his dues there. And if there was something unrelated but allowed us to be in the same space and sort of have that lightning in a bottle moment again, Um I think we'd all be inclined and I think enough time has passed where we've let go of some of the, well, I don't want to be seen that way, whatever. Like, we're not going to let that happen again. You know, we, we all know the, 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 the pratfalls that we fell into the traps we fell into about the industry when we were naive. And I think people respect us enough to not put us in those situations again. I know you don't watch housewives, but are you aware of what the scandal is? No. Oh, well, oh, that's I feel, great. I feel I mean, great, that's great that I don't have to know about that. Wait, can you give me an outline? And well, maybe we have Vanderpump Rules. Which is so weird because in, oh God, like 10 years ago, maybe I introduced Sheena at a pool party at White Party and we became friends. And then when I was doing this off-Broadway show in Vegas, open the show opposite Kendra Wilkinson called Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man, um, they were like, Kendra's leaving the show. Do you know anyone that could replace her? I called Sheena. I was like, hey, girl, they want to, you know, I think you'd be great for this play. And she took the job. But I never saw Vanderpump for the same reasons, because I get nervous and scared and anxious when I see people fighting and stuff. It just, even in a scripted show, I fast forward. So I don't know her body of work, how other people. So when I've been out with Sheena and people come up to her, I don't know I know that she's famous. I know that there's drama because I see come up on TikTok, but I never watched the video fully to know what it's about. And I don't even know like some Stasi, and I don't know. I know the names, but I don't know like the relationships. I love that you live right here in West Hollywood and you don't even know what this. No, I mean, this really is you true. You know, it's like, like a, because it's a, it's a deal breaker for some people that I don't watch Housewives. Like I've been on dates. People like think I'm from another planet. No, for me. When I'm on a date, it's the exact opposite because when people are like, you know, they either know what you do or you tell them. It's like, I'm like, oh my, I do not want to talk about this now. Um, Like, this is my job. I mean, no offense to any housewives. It's like, no, who's your favorite? And which I'm like, no. You. So I I actually like when I'm like out and someone's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, thank you. That's just me. I love it. By the way, let me circle back to um, the uh, Real Friends of WeHo. The fascinating thing about that show is I could see one of the things I, I, I try to do is see both sides of everything. One, you have a, a, a group of people who are getting cast on something because and it's, you know, very queer. I a bunch of, you know, out gay men um, getting visibility, which in one case is very good. And I, and I felt bad and empathetic for some of the backlash they got because they were really trying to do something fun and good and they got really shit on. Um, but at the same time, I also can hear 
you know, at boots on the ground, I live in WeHo, how people felt like they their experience wasn't seen because they got trumped by people that that always get the spotlight. Um, and I feel like there has to be some middle ground there and room for both stories to be true at the same time. And and I, and I feel like there's such underrepresented voices in communities. So there's sometimes I have to take a step back and allow, you know, in those moments personally, or if I'm on board to bring someone else up in different circumstances and make sure that they're also paid. You know, I, I've done a good job in my career. If I'm asking someone to participate in something um, because I get the visibility, I want to share the limelight with people that you don't know yet. And I want them to be paid to be here as well, even if I have to take a little less. Um, and I think the community felt like, you know, this wasn't an established group of besties. Um, and I think that's how it was marketed. Um, but at the same breath, like I, I, I think so many of them came into this with the best of intentions of wanting to, you know, show their life. And we should celebrate those who do get the visibility and get the opportunities to do things that I know from an entertainment point of view, it's not easy to get to where a lot of these men have gotten in their careers. So, you know, it's, I hold space for both. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. I think it was an also like Dorian claimed that he the whole show was different. He thought it was more of like a business related I show. A hundred percent can it based on the message I was received back in the day. It was spun to me in a way, but I have like spidey senses with that stuff. And I know in reality TV, you sign a contract that says the producer at any time can lie to you and that your words can be taken out of context and edited in a different order. And you have to go in with the understanding of that. Yes. And so, you know, I feel bad for people who got into a, a space where whatever, but look, we're talking about them. You know, I don't think any of them, this is going to damage their career for the rest of their lives. They're all talented in their own, in their own ways. Yes. I mean, I don't think it's coming back. It didn't have great ratings. Right. So I, I think, yes, but I've been on those kind of shows where they don't rate very well. You do one season and then, but people know your name. You know, and they'll, yes. they'll plug you into something that maybe is better received and that maybe possibly you're having a better time doing. I agree completely with, I think you said your agent, your manager, or someone told you, because I mean, look, I've had opportunities in this business where you you didn't, you shouldn't, like, not that you shouldn't have, but you never, you weren't auditioning for that, so to speak. So I agree that when you have a conversation with someone, it's for everything, like for the future. Like, so when you yeah. walk into the room, you were not, you're not auditioning for the part. You're auditioning here's for the everyone in the room. Now we're I older. I really believe that. We can we're hear older. things that someone younger pitching us something learned and I've heard a million times. So they're saying it like, I'm going to, I'm going to say it this way. Right. I'll never see this coming. I'm like, I'm old. I've heard it all come. Like I've, I, so sometimes I can hear coded language, a little dog whistles of what's to come in a project. And I'm like, okay, you've given me everything I need to know to make an educated decision. I'm going to say no, but I wish you the best on your project. It's not for me. I have a lot of friends who've done shows like this, um, whether it's like X on the beach or anything. And they're like going in, they're like, I know, I know what I'm getting into. I know it's going to be messy. I know whatever, but it's also going to help my blah, 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 or it's going to get me more social media. I don't know what people do things for. They all have their own reasons, but you know, it, you gotta, you gotta do what is right for you. And I don't pass judgment on people getting their coin. Yeah. No, I like to say yes to everything. Usually I just, usually do, but then there's no, I mean, moments like, like that. My goal is in life is to say no, like as from a business point of view, mm -hmm. like I think it's a good, like this should be learning the, how to say no and it's being hard. okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of feelings involved and you fear oh, I'll never work again. But the truth is at a certain point, 
you, you have to start making decisions that align with your personal ethics and your sort of compass, because the more you take on this is for anybody, any kind of job where you say yes to something that you didn't want to do and you have to sit in that knowing you decided to go against your better judgment, that only weighs heavily on you. That's true. Now, you played a married guy in Uncoupled. Yes. But, you know, listen, we've all been seeing your thirst traps, you know, Thank you. on, on Thank your you for Instagram. At J.A.I. Rodriguez. And if you want a more exclusive look, go to my Patreon because it's a little spicier there. I it's didn't not, even know you had a Patreon. It's not only yams. Um, which I also wish I could do an OnlyFans account and just do yam preparation and call it only yams. Um, no, but on well, my Patreon, you could. I mean, so, no one's going to stop you. <laughs> during the pandemic, I would go live every single day, do shows on Instagram, Facebook, and I for an hour, and it was my little happy hour time with the audience. And and people were like, you should have like a YouTube channel or a Patreon. And I was looking for ways to make money. So I created like a Patreon, which is like a docu-series of my life. Behind the scenes, I have a lot of animals that podcast. And then I would post thirst traps there. And I stopped posting them to Instagram. And then I got this little following. So I created an own little tier of just thirst traps. These are things that literally I probably could post to Instagram and be totally legally fine with. Um, but I realized there is a there's a small contingent of folks that happen to think that this 43-year-old um, does good in a thirst trap moment. As someone who had the spotlight in his early 20s and was not seen that way, it's fascinating to me, and I'm I'm in the space and era of my life, if I can steal a drag race term, where I want to be okay about sharing my sexuality in some ways, um, which I do very very much so on, on my Patreon. And um, so there's like a tier for thirst traps, and it's funny because it's like five dollars a month, and my friends like you should have if you because that's like the most populated tier. My friends like you really should just have amped that up in the beginning. I was like, I don't know. I'm not that, I, I'm not that kind of guy to like gouge people for like a underwear picture or a jockstrap picture, you know? Would you only do, would you ever do an OnlyFans? So I wonder, and this is the question, please comment below. Um, do you think in 20 years, in 30 years, that you and I will look back at this time and think, fuck, we should have done it because where the world is at now, no one gives a fuck. My concern is I do play a dad, you know, on a lot. Um, I have worked with more family central things. And I, I personally don't know about like filming myself in sexual acts, how comfortable I am with that in theory. I really like doing the on camera version of that where it's beautifully shot and there's a story and it's character motivated and it's not real. I think the underbelly of knowing so many friends who have OnlyFans or any of the sites similar and the struggle they face to a hold their boundaries if they're like, I only this is as far as I want to go. And the audience keeps pushing and pushing, pushing the idea of having to constantly keep fresh content up there getting scene partners if you so choose to do that branding and marketing yourself but the flip side is big shout out to my friend chris salvatore has a mansion behind chateau marmont oh maybe i shouldn't have said that somewhere 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 in la mansion mansion top one percent does not have scene partners does not do the, the 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 things that other people do and top 1%. And so when I look at his life and I, I look at, you know, the passions he's able to pursue with his music and travel, um, all because he shares 
nudity, beautifully shot. Because I got curious, I joined. Yeah, and I've I've I joined his at once. Yeah, I mean I'm not shot by Lester. Big shout out. Who does uh, sometimes? What I do is I join and then I immediately unjoin because I'm such a Gemini and I'm like you know unless I'm, I'm just, cusp, okay like I'm Cancer Gem like I'm Cancer but I'm and I'm I do just the like, same. I, I needed to see and I'm thrilled, but I, I know I'm just not going to. This is going to be one of these recurring charges well, Kyle, that nine years from now I've never looked at again. Do you know Kyle Kruger? He's no. like a hairdresser, but also an Instagram model. Has like two million followers on Instagram. He just started one. Similar idea. Erotica. You want and to know. I don't have two million followers. You know what I mean. And so my Patreon really is like I have this great vlog called Inside J, which is like a diary. Yes, pun intended. And then I have a podcast called the Poppy Rodriguez Podcast. Then I also just like giving behind the scenes of my life. I'm really honest. Even my top tier executive producers, they get to make decisions about my life, um, and it's fun for me. It's like creating my own little TV network, and um, it's just I go to Patreon.com/backslash J Rodriguez World for more information, but. It was the first time in my life that I felt so empowered to be able to create art on my terms. And, um, you know, so I don't know. Would you ever do an OnlyFans? Probably not. Yeah. But I, you know, like, you you know, like, you know, because I have this, you know, it's almost yeah. like this is full time. Like, I think if you're like a Chris and it's a full time thing, yeah. then that makes but sense. I, you, do you have you mental could. boundaries of what? You think like I'm like first of all, a I, I just can't believe people would want to see that from me. I don't well, feel like yeah, when I go that. out, I don't there, get there is that. I don't get that energy immensely. I, when I'm at the gym, I, I don't feel like guys are like on me. Same like here, that. you know. I'm the Maybe same it's way. We're looking at the people we think are hot. And only them, yes. and not necessarily looking at the paying customer who might not be the people you're looking at. Yes. But that being said, I also feel like my Patreon is enough. I give the behind the scenes, but like. I know, I know when I'm like 50, I may have a little regret. Um, you know, I just, I also think there wouldn't be enough people for it to be worth it. You know what I mean? I feel the same way. I feel like, and I share, which is strange because like I share everything here. Like I'll talk about anything. Ask me a question. I don't care. I'll give you a real answer. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm not. I have no hangups about it. And I just think like, right, like Chris is very successful on yeah, and it. And by so, the way, does not align with like his thirst trap pictures. Chris is like this tall, sweet, soft-spoken, kind little, I think of him as a boy. I know he's a grown-ass man, but I've known him for so long. When Who he goes was, home to his mansion every night. Literally, but I remember when he was going home to a studio apartment that didn't have AC and he had his little keyboard and we'd play songs like, he's such a kind person and people think of him as such like this honky heartthrob and he is, but like, he doesn't go around with a level of arrogance and all the other things that we impose on that kind of imagery. Right. I mean, even my friend David Hernandez from American Idol has an OnlyFans. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what his line or boundary is, but he's starring in Naked Boys off Broadway, and for him, it was a really tricky decision because he was like, I mean, I got booted off American Idol for being a gay stripper, and here I am years later starring in Naked Boys singing naked. Maybe I should just do an OnlyFans. And I think it's done really well for him. And I wonder if we're in an era where we're re reclaiming our sexuality and allowing to uh, the world to to view it at a cost, but allowing to view it or welcoming people in without shame. And if that is truly the, a, a liberating thing. 
my God. I could stay here with you for because this brings up so many more. But before we go, my final question. Uh, stay tuned for part two. We'll but, be back next week. Seriously, because yeah. then that brings up everything you just said, questions of cancel culture. Because to me, it's like one thing has absolutely nothing to do with I the am other. very much. Can we just t- talk to them really quickly? Yeah. And I'm so sorry because I feel like everyone has to go. Uh, just really quickly. Last thing. Uh, cancel culture is such a hot button issue. I also feel like, you know, calling something out for being wrong and then allowing a path forward to redemption for true, honest, wow, I didn't know, or God, I want to get better. We have to allow some grace for those who eagerly want to make up for something they messed up on. Um, we have to allow a path for that because that's going to, we, we don't just chuck people away who actually want to make a difference from previous bad behavior. I agree. That's and then it. we cancel people and then we're not really canceling them. Chris Harrison no. from The Bachelor has $25 million when he lost his job and now has a podcast that's people criticize it, but it's doing very well. I mean, hopefully, just when you, hopefully the hope is when you know better right. that you will do better. Right. And real change takes time and earning trust also takes time. Um, and so I feel like I would like there be a path for redemption for folks who are earnestly sorry and apologetic and want to do better. I agree with all that. I could do a whole show just on cancel culture. And before we go, because for all the people who want to know, which I was saying you play married and uncoupled, but what is your current status on the WeHo, on the WeHo <sighs> streets? I don't know. Because there's I, a lot of people that are going to ask me and say that I didn't ask this question. <laughs> I, I find that so hard with, to believe. With your thirst traps. I mean, come on. It's I don't. You know what's funny? I, I feel like my audience is so much older because I was like the baby on Queer Eye, but like the people watching are now so much older. Um, so I don't know. I feel like... I, I give off vibes like I'm unavailable. Um, and I think that's just my own protective. I'm just a boundary person. But like I, I am very available, but I'm also someone who has, lives a really simple life. So if you're looking for the real friends of WeHo, fabulous lifestyle, I don't live that life. And, you know, like I, I, I just don't. And so I think people are surprised to find out sort of how chill my life is and I have moments pops of visibility or red carpet moments that might appear fancy this is pretty fancy for me to be honest it is but I but I will say this I'm very single and I'm in a space in my life that you know I'm very all cards on the table um, open to getting to know people, but I also have a, a strong sense of self that I'm comfortable sharing. Hey, I'm the guy who has like, you know, crested geckos and like really into like tarantulas. Like I work at a tarantula facility. Like there's really? random bizarre things about me that come with the Emmy award winner status. Like all that stuff is also part of me and the glitter isn't always going to be in the room and you have to be okay with that too. That makes sense. And that's, I think, goes back to like people's misconceptions of Hollywood. Like, oh, he's from Queer Eye. You, you know, you have millions of dollars stashed away and you're on red carpets every night. And if you join my Patreon, maybe. I, right. No, no. But um, right. yeah. but, thank, but first of all, thank you for even asking me to do this, because this is uh, this, these kind of moments are really great. And like, you know, I, I, I got to play with Bowen Yang on Nora from Queens, which is coming out um, really soon. And that was another moment where I was like pinching myself that I'm even here doing two episodes of that. That's upcoming. Just subtle plug before we go. That's it. You can plug anything you want. And no, that's let's not take that in a sexual way. And or maybe no, do. I mean, right. Like, <laughs> DM me. Wait, I don't feel like I have enough people, people sliding into my DMs. I, I, I get just it. posted a thirst trap before coming here. I don't think I have people sliding into I the DMs. Listen, and it's your it's 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 post quarantine, so like the thirst traps are you know you're like doing well in the thirst trap category. You need to come back though because now that I'm here, I could literally time. there's like 35 other topics that I could have talked to you time. about. Anytime, I, I now I'm, you are down the street, which I I'm guess literally down the street, say, and right? I'm I'm flattered to have even been asked, and I feel so bad for the engineer who's had to sit through all of this. I know. 
Okay. Where can everyone find you? Yeah. Plug away. It's we'll at J.A.I. Rodriguez on Instagram and on the Twitter. And then Patreon, just go take a look. Patreon.com backslash J.A.I. Rodriguez World. Um, TikTok, it's uh, J. Rodriguez World because my name was taken there. Um, I don't, I'm not that great on the TikTok. I need like some kid to help me just do a whole bunch. You and me both. Yeah. I love it. I love, but I watch it like another TV channel. It's not for me. Oh my God. Everyone follow Jay and thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.